An apple a day keeps the bullies away if you throw them hard enough. <laughs> Have you ever been hit with an apple? No, but I've been smacked in the face by a volleyball, which I would not recommend. <laughs> you ever been in a snowball fight? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, you're from where snow happens. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, so b- believe it or not, I've been in, in snowball fights in Florida, um, but only because behind the hockey rink uh, where the Zambonis dump all their stuff, you go after the game and you whack each other with snowballs. So and I got to I experience was, that. I was going to say that's that's a very weird question coming from you. <laughs> What, if you've ever been in a snowball fight? Yeah. I'm like, have you? Well, I don't know. Yeah, no. No. Yeah, I totally have. I was going to be, what if you said no? And I'd have been like, well, you're missing out. You know? I mean. Florida, Florida boy knows what's up. It, it. I wish it got colder here because then we could throw more snowballs than we actually do. And honestly, we get yelled at if we accidentally pelt somebody in the face. You can accidental. I mean, I feel like it's hard enough on purpose, and you, 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 you got like a wild pitch or something on the snowball. Yeah. Catch, catch a bystander. Yeah. Well, you know, what, what are you doing sitting there watching, man? <laughs> Taking risks. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, so today I wanted to, I wanted to talk about people wear and what that is and maybe explain a little bit where the name of our podcast even comes from mm-hmm. and why it's been so important to us and how others could maybe do something similar and kind of start the revolution in their own space. Mm-hmm. So I think for starters, I wanted to know, like, how did how did you first encounter people wear? How did I first encounter people wear? Mm-hmm. Um, so my first encounter with people wear was, believe it or not, with you and Joe um, at phase two. And when we were talking about merging the agile guild with the gelling guild. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> Critter had created the Gelling Guild, or the Team Gelling Guild, or something, uh, and you and Joe were creating the Agile Guild, and we were all like, you know, what if we just made a guild devoted to making people and interpersonal relationships better uh, yeah. in the tech industry? And that's that was my first exposure to. People wear. I did not know there was a book called People Wear until you all told me about it, and I still have not read it yet. Me unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. I, I get the gist. Uh, yeah, I remember that, and I remember fighting with Critter because I was like, "We're fighting for the same audience. Like we're cannibalizing each other's communities here." Um, so we wanted to like combine them into something that was more. I guess holistic. I don't love the mm-hmm. word holistic, but that. Um, and so my memory of it, as far as starting it and kicking it off, because it's like, okay, you ma- you make a, a guild, which I guess at other companies could be called a birds of a feather group or a special interest group, like any kind of 
sub community that you can kind of pull together at work. And in a lot of, I guess, modern technical workspaces, that might be as simple as like a channel in Slack or, um, you know, Teams or whatever it is that you're using. But I felt like just a channel wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't engaging enough. And so we wanted to have a meetup, like a meeting. And we were talking about different formats that we could use for the meeting. And I am so happy in retrospect with the direction that we decided to go because the engagement like exploded beyond my wildest dreams. And what we chose to do was lean coffee. And so we just created a meeting, invited, I think just everybody that had joined the channel, you know, so just the conglomerate of people that were talking about agile and people that were talking about team gelling. And so we invited them all to one channel and invited that channel to a meeting and we hosted lean coffee and it was fantastic. We had a blast. And I think a part of that was because everybody had some different topics that they wanted to talk about. And, um, you know, I think some folks that were there maybe weren't, weren't super outgoing. And so maybe felt like a lot of meetings or birds of a feather groups that they were in, they, they weren't really apt to talk up or, or speak up a lot or propose their own topics. And using lean coffee really helped. Like it didn't matter whether you were outgoing or um, the type of uh, charismatic character that's going to, you know, command the topic space for five minutes. You don't have to be, you know, you can just propose your topics. And I was blown away by the stuff that we talked about the first week. And so we're like, we have to do this again. This is great. So we scheduled it for two weeks out and it was a half hour long at that time. And so we scheduled again for two weeks out. And then we're like, this is, this is not often enough. We have to do this every week. So we started doing it every week. And then we're like, this is not long enough. We have to do it for an hour. (laughs) And so uh, over the course of just, I think a month, we had this hour long weekly meeting at the end of the week. And it became my favorite meeting. And I heard a lot of people say something similar, like this is my favorite meeting, or I look forward to this every week. And so that's something that I'm really proud of our group doing and pulling off. And I think the community grew over time. So I'd say like for starters, if you want to get a group going that talks about the kind of things that we like to talk about here on this show, it's like, don't be afraid to set up a meeting and invite some folks that you think are like-minded. Um, hopefully in, in the longer run, you'll get some folks that aren't so like-minded and you can really mix up the perspectives. Um, so yeah, that's that. What, what do you think about the topic space? Cause like you said, we started with kind of like this, we're talking about agile and we're talking mm-hmm. about team gelling and now it's people wear, which as you mentioned, Ellie kind of, we, we borrowed that name, I guess maybe stole, we took that name from a book and, I still, I think to this day, struggle a little bit with like, what exactly is the, what are the boundaries of our topic space or are there boundaries in our topic space? So I'm curious, like to you, what, what is the people wear topic space and what are the kind of things that you would show up for every week? What were you looking for? Honestly, the topic spaces that I've been most interested in hearing about are both when I was a manager and, uh, 
only a direct report. I, I liked hearing about, I liked hearing from managers and about how managers should work um, mm-hmm. to better their direct reports. Uh, that's one topic space that we've touched on several times that I really like. Um, but also part of being part of a team, a cohesive team that knows how to work together and bounce back together. Uh, and when no one person is trying to be the shining star of a team, um, those are the kind of kinds of topics that I really like to hear about. Um, I feel like there is no limit um, in specifically with people where in the tech space because mm-hmm. of like you said to me one time, there, there are weekly uh, topics that can come up uh, yeah. like from the thing with Basecamp um, to um, Oh my God, I'm forgetting the most recent one. Somebody like tailwind uh, is a common talking point as like, people constantly fight about whether or not they should use tailwind or um, I feel like people wear seeps into each one of these categories, especially as people in the tech industry, because we could, we've spent the last, I don't know how much focusing on the actual tech of the tech industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing a lot less, I'm hearing people be much less personable um, maybe even just with our generation, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I feel like people could focus a lot more on the people aspect. Um, and I'm really glad to hear that some companies are hiring more for personality because they know that tech can be taught. Yeah. Um, I mean, a, there's there's a balance between the two, but tech, you can hire somebody junior ish in the tech area, but if they're willing and eager to be part of a team and work with other people, you've Mm -hmm. got a great teammate who you can mold, um, technically mold, uh, to what you expect. Um, I would rather work with a really kind person who doesn't know as much about the technology than an asshole who is great at react or something. Yeah. And and I think someone who's fun to just interact with is going to be easier to either, mm-hmm. either teach or, um, onboard, you know, cause I, I'm not just assuming that, you know, you have to teach people, but you, you have to at, in some way onboard them to the company, teach them at least how the company operates, how the team operates. It's not like you necessarily have to like teach them how to code. Like mm-hmm. they probably know how to do that. But yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I do. So you said like technically nothing's off limits. And I would agree that nothing's off limits, but I've been struggling myself a little bit with like, there's there's been times when things came up in people where either at the job or even now that we have a public group going, we can talk we can talk more about that. Um, but I'm wondering, like, do you ever get the feeling like, I don't know if this is really what we're after. Like, are there, are there ever times when you feel like something should be, uh, I guess like left out of people where discussions or that maybe, uh, 
I, I should be more specific. Like something that has gotten at me, and I think Eric, a friend of ours, has has put it really well. Um, when we started Peopleware, I felt like it was a it, it was an amazingly empowering, like self empowering group, and it was like we're coming together. We're talking openly and vulnerably about problems that we're having with our work. And it felt like a lot of the outcomes of those conversations were like, what can we do to be better ourselves? Or what can we do to help our team or our company? And it felt like it felt virtuous, I guess, in that way. And I think that there's this um there's this thing that happened or or maybe is bound to happen over time where it's so fun and there's so much expression of vulnerability and it becomes like a safe space and it becomes psychologically safe to be there. And I think that's what draws a lot of people, like especially folks that we talked about earlier, who that I, I talked about earlier, are, who, who are quieter. And it's like, maybe they start to speak up and, and actually feel like they have a voice and they can interact and engage with others. And that's all like wonderful and beautiful. And then at some point, somebody brings up something as like, a, well, this has been making me angry. And it's mm-hmm. more of like a complaint about something else going on in the organization or like something outside of the community of people where. And that's always kind of like eaten at me because especially if it's something like you can't really do anything about it's, it's like kind of a gripe. And then in lean coffee, you could spend like five, 10 minutes because I mean, you could blow your time box on it because people are passionate about it. Right. And that's why I'm kind of like torn is like, it should be a safe space and maybe we should be able to air out some of those frustrations, but when does it step beyond the bounds of like what we can do for ourselves and our teams and our company into like what someone else should be doing for us? You know, have you ever seen that or experienced that? I, I think, I think I get what you mean. I haven't really felt like there was anything that we couldn't talk about, uh, in at least an hour people were a group, but perhaps, um, people were in the scope of a company like where we originally formed it. I can see like keeping things like heavy political conversation, um, like the issues with uh, Basecamp. Um, mm-hmm. I could see keeping the things like that out, but maybe discussing it in a public people wear forum, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cause there is no one to blame in public yeah. people where there's like no oppressor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no leadership in right. the public people where, where we did complain a lot about leadership sometimes right. in the company based people where, so maybe that's where I would draw the line is like, like you mentioned things we can't really change. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're, if they're legitimately things that we can't change, maybe they're not worth talking about or if, if people are unwilling to change it, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but. It does. It does. I think for me, um, I've been trying to find like the source. No, that's, that's wrong. 
I've been trying to understand for me, like what I'm really getting out of people wear discussions. And I think that times when I felt like it was less than it could have been were times when we dug in a little too deep into an area where we didn't have much either agency or power or worse than either of those much knowledge about what was really going on. So it was just like a bunch of assumptions and and jumping to conclusions. And I think the reason I brought like any of this up and, and why I was kind of like going down that rabbit hole and asking those questions is that early on when we started people Wear, it was like, I feel like there were times when we were looked at as like a rebellion, like mm-hmm. a, like a, like a rebel group. And I hated that because I felt like we were exactly the opposite. Like we weren't out to get anybody. We weren't like f- fighting against the man or anything. It was genuinely like, it was supposed to like come from the heart, like from the inside. Like, what can we do to be better? Just, mm-hmm. just a, a group exploration into like individual and team improvement. And I felt like it was, it was more of a negative experience when we would get away from that. And so I think I just want to kind of say that if you're going to do something like this, maybe that can be a guiding light for you. And like, you don't have to think of it as like, yeah, we're going to start a group and we're going to, you know, lead a revolution and take Mm -hmm. over the company because it can hurt your, your, enrollment, like it can hurt your engagement. Some, some people might avoid you. And I think one of my, especially leaders, and that's what to me was one of the most wonderful parts of people where at an organization was like leaders caught whiff of it. And they're like, what do you mean? People are having a great time talking about stuff and (laughs) they'd pop in and we'd, we'd be able to engage people like from HR or heads Mm -hmm. of departments, heads of engineering departments, heads of management departments. And like, that was the good stuff. You know, it, it made everybody feel like we're on a level playing field. Like there, it was like, there, there were no titles in people where there was no hierarchy in people where like, it didn't matter who was in there, CEO included, you know, we all felt like we were on the same playing field. And I think that part of succeeding at doing something like that is holding that sort of guiding light in, in front of you and thinking like, this is about us improving ourselves. It's not about us like uh, uh, guilting anyone into change or causing an, an uprising or uproar over something that upsets people. And that's not to say that you can't affect change with it. Yeah. Um, like t- we, we got tactical, literally, we made a meeting called tactical. And so we realized when we had lean coffee every week that it was a great conversation and every now and then something would pop up and we're like, man, we should do something about that. Cause we could do something about it. It wasn't something that was beyond our purview. And it was like, all right, cool. Well, I will check in on it next week. And we'd show up to lean coffee the next week and talk about an entirely different list of things. And it would kind of slip through the cracks. So we set up like a separate meeting to get tactical. Like we'd have a Kanban board and we'd talk about things that we as a group were doing to try to improve ourselves and our teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would say like, it's a, it's, it, it should be a good thing. It, it shouldn't be a tool for causing like harm or negative change. Yeah, no, I have to agree that if, if you're trying to introduce people wear as a tactic, um, it's, it's better to have a collaborative mindset rather than a like 
a secretive and almost like trying to create a coup mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Like we did have people who thought the group was more like, like you said, a rebellion Mm -hmm. um, where it sounded like people felt like they were being pushed away. And we were legitimately like, why, why do they think that we're pushing them? Like, why do they think that we're trying to run a coup or something? And um, I never actually got that answer. It's like, it, it, I guess for what we understood was that people thought that we were being clicky and like um, we had so much safety with each other. But you also mentioned that when leadership joined the calls, we were not afraid to talk. Like, I mean, we also worked for an organization where leadership was very open to listening to us and they, didn't skirt around our questions. Um, and they did encourage open conversation. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that was also a, a factor as well. Um, but yeah, definitely going into having your own people wear group definitely means that you have to have a collaborative mindset. You have to have an inclusive mindset mm-hmm. and let anybody join the calls and run a lean coffee and do critter coined the term um what was it agenda swarming (laughs) (laughs) lean coffee is like uh he explained agenda swarming as being slightly different from lean coffee that i'm starting to warm up to like um what did he say Oh, he's turned off by the fact that it's related to a beverage. He called it agenda swarming, something better than that, which is not related to any beverage. <laughs> he doesn't like that it's called coffee? Because he doesn't like the name lean coffee. What a punk. Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't name it. Well, <laughs> I- <laughs> Yeah, but now on your that was just, that just reminded me we have our with our public people where now we don't have our tactical meetings but we have a slacktical Slack channel yeah. where we can talk about solutions which has been awesome. Do we use it? We had a conversation in there last week or so about uh, I think it came out of somebody mentioned the slacktical channel during Lean Coffee. And then we went in there to talk about things like we're talking about WearCon and uh, making our own lean coffee solution because we can't find a piece of software that does it for free and well. Uh, Um, Yeah. And I'm like, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) But like me and Joe were like, let's make another SaaS thing because we have the bot running on um, DigitalOcean. That's yeah. I and I know that I'm guilty of, of, I, I guess, complaining or pointing out like you know, we 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 complain a lot about the tools that we're using to do this thing, but like you know, we are just a group of like engineers and project people. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we maybe we could do something yeah. about it. You no, know, somebody in Lean Coffee was like, it's not like we're made up of a group of engineers or product managers or anything <laughs> that we. Don't- we can't, we can turn, we can literally turn uh, characters in an IDE t- into 
a literal piece of software. Yeah. Yeah. And then give it away to everybody. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about, about going public with people where, um, why did we do that? Maybe I should be asking you this question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That, that was mainly, I think it was mainly your idea. No, I, well, it was, it was a desire of mine, but I never took the initiative to make it happen. I think I blame Critter and Joe for that, but oh, okay. the, the, I mean, what, what really happened is that, uh, Critter left the company and was like, oh, I don't yeah. want people where to stop. So I was like, Hey, that sounds like a great opportunity for us to do that thing that we've talked about doing in a dream world where we can go public with this thing. And to my knowledge, people where still exists where it started for us. And it also exists now in the public form, which is great because I'm no longer where it started mm -hmm. and neither are you. Neither and, I. Yeah. And this has been not only an opportunity to keep in touch and continue the, I guess the, what is now a ritual, right? Like to continue the ritual of people where plus some extra rituals, like we have a book club now and mm -hmm. like a blog channel. And it, it's like expanded into this awesome special interest group. And so not only are we keeping in touch with the people that we we're doing it with originally, but now there's more people involved, people I never met in person, like other colleagues through like, it's like our network has expanded and mm -hmm. I see people showing up that are super interested in these topics that have experience in things I've never experienced before. So instead of, it, it feels like we're no longer in this kind of like just talking about these things in the context of a certain company. Now it's like, now I get to see what project management and engineering might be like at a non-agency yeah. or at a startup or at a large corporate company. And that's been like, mind-blowing and eye-opening for me so yeah that's got to be the most invaluable part of bringing it public to me it's like meeting people from other organizations and hearing how things work in other companies um and getting opinions from people who have worked in lots of different companies do you think it'll ever be corrupted like if what if we had 500 people in there hmm I I feel like with 500 people, there'd be a lot of lurkers. Mm, fair, fair. Not everybody's going to be active. I don't think everybody's active as it is. And we've probably yeah. got, what, like 60, 60 people-ish in there? Yeah. The, I mean, honestly, I've seen communities like this where there are a ton, like probably mostly lurkers. Um, we'd probably eventually have to start moderating if oh, we... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'd have to probably assign people to moderate. I would volunteer to moderate for the record. Nice. Um, I, uh, yeah, I've seen other communities like this where people just pop in and ask one question and they go away forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen torn. people. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to add that I've also seen people banned from communities where they were just um, misbehaving. But that's also a good reason for if we break a certain number of people, maybe we should start talking about a code of conduct. Yeah. Um, that's one yeah, of the things sure. that I think I was looking into early on when we uh, started the Slack channel. Yeah, because luckily so far, I mean, I think Joe just owns the Slack channel. And mm -hmm. so 
like if you want to take any kind of action for any reason, I guess it'd have to percolate up to him somehow. Um, and fortunately so far, I mean, nobody's been like banned or, or committed what I think anyone would consider a bannable offense in, mm-hmm. in the group. I mean, everyone stayed relatively civil and, and positive and supportive, even when disagreeing, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like we all just agree. Um, oh yeah. No, we, we, yeah, there's controversy. <laughs> we had that entire discourse where I almost got banned <laughs> no, and I that. like wanted to slink into my bedroom and curl up in my bed forever because I was so embarrassed. Um, but <laughs> no, see, and it's funny. Cause I, I took that situation as the opposite. I was like, thank God we're all so like safe oh, and yeah. close and we're able to like get over being offended or, or be open with each other and be like, Hey, that, yeah. that hurt. You know, yeah. it's like, oh crap, I hurt you. Like, I did not mean to hurt anybody there. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you though. If it, if it blew up, we'd, we'd need to do more of the bureaucratic stuff just to keep yeah. it what we want, what, what it, what it was intended to be, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'd say. And well, yeah, sorry, I'm rambling. I no, was going to say, it's all right. <laughs> I, I, well, I was going to say like, I think, um, so I struggle with that too, right? Because you you keep, you've said things like, oh, like you started it or I'm like, no, like Critter and Joe did or whatever. And it's like, there's definitely kind of like an inner circle of, I'd say like 10 to 20 people who were really yeah. passionate about this thing and were mostly the active folks. And I'd include you in that, obviously. I mean, we started the podcast in the name of people where, and I feel like yeah. who gets to decide what this thing is? Cause I feel like there's a spirit that we all kind of pursued and it, it's almost unspoken. Yeah. That's true. I mean, so for each, I feel like for each people where chapter, um, everybody, each chapter can almost decide like what their scope is maybe yeah. like, yeah. because we are public now we can talk, like we were saying before, we're a lot more comfortable talking about issues with leadership that we had at our last job that we could maybe affect um, somewhere else in the future or mm-hmm. like, red flags at a new job that one of us is looking at um, that we can possibly tell them like, these are things you might want to avoid uh, right. at a new company. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> we well, were talking, we were talking about what can happen with the, with like the, the spirit of the group. Oh, and that right. goes for our group or any group that you start up. It's like, how do you, maintain like the spirit that it was started with without without being like a tyrant about it well maybe that's another cards yeah maybe well maybe that's another place where we keep an agile mindset like what what if the rules change over the like what if the rules are different five years five years from now right um like what if technology changes in a way that we have to start talking about ethics um in people where like we have talked about quite a few ethical things um in the past where no, you're right i think so i almost think like you've helped make up my mind on what if it were entirely up to me what i'd like to do with that with at least our group which is like there was a time even recently where i thought like let's just 
freaking open this thing up to the world. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's start blasting invites. Like, let's market ourselves and yeah. blow this thing up to be 10,000 people. Well, but- yeah, we can make like a public. I've wanted to make like a public website where we can just put a link to the Slack channel. And if people want to join, they can send in an application to join. Oh, an application. Okay, I like that. So yeah. you've got a minor kind of firewall in there. Yeah. So it's not, you're not just getting like spam bots and stuff. Yeah, and I feel stuff. like. Yeah, either way, we'd need moderators for that. If we open it up like that, 100%, right? For new people and for existing people, we'd have to assign moderators. And honestly, Joe can't be the only admin, which is another thing we've talked about before. Right, right. No, he he self-admittedly doesn't want to be the only person making unilateral decisions about stuff. Right. And honestly, he's like, what if I go out of town and somebody (laughs) needs something? Oh yeah, you just mean li- like literal Slack admin. Like, what if? Yeah. What if I, you know, somebody needs a thing, or mm-hmm. God forbid, something horrible happens, and half the community is like, "This needs to be taken down," or whatever. Yeah. Or, it's or somebody needs to, us. to be banned. Yeah, yeah, and okay, yeah, that's a great point. But I, I think I'm leaning away from from like full on public open, like on one Slack. And I, cause you just kind of said, you used the word chapters a second ago. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of some experience I had with, um, mind the product. Have you ever heard of mind the product or product no. tank? So quick, quick story on that. Um, it, it's a meetup or it was a meetup when I got involved with it and I was involved with the, uh, central Florida chapter or Orlando chapter. We called it central Florida, I think, because we we're encompassing like the whole I four corridor. doesn't matter. The point is that uh, Product Tank started up as just a a little special interest group meeting up in the UK in in London, and uh, it was so successful and engaging. Right, it, it, the story sounds a lot like what we're sharing about what Peopleware has been for us. That they they basically incorporated themselves. They were like, you know, we, they made a company called Mind the Product, and they started assisting people outside of London because they had a couple people that traveled to London, went to one and was like, I want to start this in my area of the country or the world. And so they're like, okay, well, and they're like, well, how did you do it? You know, and so they built this sort of like incorporated infrastructure behind it, which I'm sure also had some, um, you know, for, for profit and implications or whatever. And I don't know that we share that, but I liked the idea that th- there's something to be said about agency behind the community. And like, if you are the 10,000th member to join what is currently our people wear Slack channel, are you going to feel like it's your community versus like when I helped to, to start and spin up the product tank chapter in central Florida with one other, uh, co organizer, I felt like, like, this is our community. And when 20 people showed up to our meetup, I was like, this is our community Mm -hmm. and we get to run it how we want. Like we have some boundaries that we have to stay within because we're using this name, which helps like marketability and to get people to come. But it's like, our topic space, like we're getting to pick our speakers and our sponsors and our venues. Mm-hmm. And the only like real rule we had to follow was like, it had to be at least related to the product space and we couldn't charge anybody to come. Like it had to be free, which seems like a great fair rule to follow. Mm-hmm. And I'd say something the same for us. So I love the idea of like other groups finding inspiration and starting a community with their network, you know, mm-hmm. like in sort of a, a, I guess, invite only, uh, 
method of, of growing the community, if you will. And maybe I, I'd be honored if anyone ever pointed to us and was like, we, we loved your community and what you had to say about it. And we wanted to do something similar. So like, this is our people wear chapter. I would, I would get goosebumps if anybody ever said that to me. Well, that's also what I thought you meant by this podcast episode topic. Like if you want to start a people wear chapter in your area, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, well, I think it's a couple levels, right? Like you could do it at your company or you could do it in, in your professional network. Well, yeah, yeah, it could work either way. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're like self-employed and you're trying to solve people wear issues. Good point. And something I have to say about if, if, so we talked a little bit about the benefits of doing it inside of a company and how, you know, you can build this safe space. You can build more awareness about what's going on in other areas of the company on voluntary terms. And it's, it's just damn fun. It's fun. The conversations are a good time and you make new friends. You hear perspectives that you hadn't heard before. So I love all of that about doing it at a company. And then I was exposed to like new benefits when we took it public, because if I, like, if I lost my job today, I would start my job search in our people wear Slack. Like, I'm pretty sure that's where I'd start it. Yep. I, I don't know where else in my life I have such a large network of people that I either know or know through a friend. And mm-hmm. like, you could say LinkedIn, but like, that's not real. You know, like, I don't, I've yeah. never really felt truly connected to people through LinkedIn. Yeah, no, I have to agree that if I lost my job today, universe forbid um because mm-hmm. i really like my job Same. um <laughs> um people wear would definitely be the first place i'd look um yeah and we do have a devoted uh jobs channel for yep. people who are looking around for a job or we are posting for others in the community to apply to yeah like if you're if your job is, or if your company is hiring or whatever, mm-hmm. it's kind of the de facto place I'd go to post it. I don't even try anymore. I used to like try to pick a couple friends and send it out via text or email or something or throw it on in yeah. a Facebook group I was in or something. And I've abandoned all of that and I'll just throw it into people where Slack. So I'm like, there's no larger group of people that like I believe in. And I, and I think like any company would be lucky to have somebody that thinks about people in a workplace the way that yeah. this group does. Um, it, it's like anyone in our people wear group, I think would have a cultural impact where they go for, for the better. Yeah. And honestly, we have that psychological safety where, um, you can post, uh, a listing, like, let's say your company is hiring, like you were saying before, mm-hmm. um, and you post it in the channel. Some people are actually completely comfortable responding in the open saying, Hey, I'm interested in this job. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know what? It's, it's completely unspoken that it's like, it's perfectly okay. If you PM that person too, if you go to private message, that person. Oh yeah. And okay. And here's the other side. I, so I'm, I'm going to pull this number out of my butt. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's true. I believe uh, consulting to be like a multi-billion dollar industry. I, I, I feel pretty safe making that statement. Um, 
and I, I could look it up later. I don't think but, I'd disagree with you there. Yeah, like I was going to say million, but I'm like, no, it's probably more. It's probably in the billions. Yeah, when you when you include like the big four in there, yeah. it's probably in the multi billions. Who's the big four? Like Deloitte. It's PricewaterhouseCoopers, KPMG, Ernst and Young, and Deloitte. Wow. Okay. Well, I didn't even know there was a there was a big four in consulting, but okay, great. So we have a multi-billion dollar industry, and I feel like for free, I get world-class consultation on pretty much anything I want at my job. Like if I'm struggling to figure out something as simple as like, how do I handle uh, X conflict at a sprint planning. Like it could be something about scrum. It could be something about like agile. Like how do I focus on individuals and interactions over processes and tools in this context? Um, it could, it could be something about team gelling. Like I've got somebody on my team that's difficult to deal with. And this is kind of the behavior I'm dealing with. And I don't yeah. want to cause, I don't, I don't want to create a rift, but I do want to do something to improve. So all those things, I can go to this special interest group and I can ask mm -hmm. the question, nobody charges me a dime and I get advice from legit professionals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like people that should be, I, I should be paying for some of the advice <laughs> that I've gotten. It's I mean, incredible. we've even had questions like, how do I fire this person? Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's like, that's a scary thing to do. It's incredibly scary to have to fire somebody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were questioning whether or not to take the podcast and move it into the public people where for a little while, but, um, well, not really questioning. We weren't really on the fence at all. We were like, let's bring it into the public. Mm -hmm. um, we can swear. Yeah. <laughs> now that yeah. we made it public. Yeah, that's um, we can talk about anonymously some of the situations we've encountered at pretty much any job we've had. Um, we're not going to mention companies by name as much as possible. I think that's right. what we agreed on. Right. Um, we were also, it's funny when you mentioned the blogs, I was like, I completely forgot to make the web ring. What's the web ring? Back in the 90s and early 2000s, a web ring is, uh, it was a way for people who were maintaining websites with specific topic interests um, mm -hmm. to link to each other. So it was a little thing you'd put on your, it was like a little badge that you'd put on your website where it had a previous button, a next button, a random button, and like a home button for the web ring itself. Mm -hmm. So when you click the next button, it'd go to the next person in the actual web ring. But if you click on the random button, it'd go to a random other person in the web ring. But you'd, you'd find a person in the same topic space. You'd find a website in the same topic space. So it would ship you off to a completely different website, but it would be in the same topic space. So, so that's one of the of things... Like a Sorry. <laughs> no, that's what I wanted to build for the the blogs that we've been writing. Like it's a, a, so it sounds, a it sounds like a stumble upon kind of thing kind but of. within a topic space. Yeah, with a specific topic space. That's kind of how web rings used to work and they've kind of died. But web rings were one of my favorite part of um the 90s and early 2000s web 
to be on, to be completely honest, that was one of my favorite parts. How do you, I mean, do you like combine like RSS feeds or something like that? Is that how it works? Or? So you literally just link to another person's website. It's, 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 you click the next button. It goes to, it takes you to, um, it's either generated for the button it, to begin with, or it takes you to a site which will then redirect you to the next one. I don't remember exactly how it works. It can work either way. But for you to make it, you just need a list of URLs. It sounds yeah. Like okay. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. I like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to look at the Internet Archives to remember how exactly they're written, mm. um, because I never wrote one myself. Um, this would actually be the first time I'm writing one. Okay. I like it. Do you think we, do you think we run any risks like in the future? Like, is there any, is there anything that you've said, like in the people wear space, like the public people wear space that you're like, oh man, not, there's no way I can. Well, okay. One benefit is that we don't pay for it. So <laughs> it's free, uh, free Slack. So I think we have what? 10,000 messages. Yeah. Or it only shows the, the last 10,000 Slack does keep them. Though. So if we ever started paying for it, you should. Oh, we could get you, it back. I think you can see older messages. I almost think it's safer not to. Now yeah. I'm thinking about it. So, so because I've I've played this scenario out in my head, right? I'm like, okay, I'm at a new company now. The only other person at the company who is involved in Peopleware is you, and maybe at some point in the future, there will be others. Like maybe I'll make yeah. a good friend and I'll be like, oh, hey, friend, you should totally join this group because you and I talk about this all the time, but I've got this group of 50 people that's talking about it. You'd love it. But like, what if in their first week when they got hired, I was like, hey, y'all, I got this new hire that's really kind of struggling with such and such. I'm trying, like, would they be offended if they somehow found that or what, you know, I, Maybe I'm overthinking things, but I just thought of that as like, it's weird when you talk about sensitive stuff and you talk yeah. about individuals, even if you don't name them, like what if they see it and they get offended or something and hopefully they'd know the spirit of the group and not get offended. But yeah, do you ever think about that or are you ever worried about that? I do. I, I worried about that a lot. Um, I still worry about it because it's like, it's like when you're, <laughs> it's like passive aggressively posting on Facebook. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. So-and-so did this and that and this and that. And I hate them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or like the vague stuff where it's like, you're just yeah, hoping that the person that did vague. it sees it yeah. and gets it. You know, it's like, don't yeah. ever tell me what to, you know, and it's like obviously directed at one person. Yeah, it's very it's very high school drama and I feel like I I think I left all that behind like 10ish years ago. Hopefully. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> um <laughs> I think that's primarily why we don't record our lean coffees is there has to be some level of anonymity mm -hmm. to the conversation too that we're having like there has to be some protection for the people who, because it's not like you're asking for dramatic purposes or to stir up drama. It's right. you're asking because you're legitimately conflicted. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned an issue I was having with a direct report once. Luckily I had five or four direct reports at the time, mm. but it's like, if the direct report had heard it, they definitely would have known they were, that I was talking about them. Um, 
things like that. I try to make them as vague as possible and only include the absolutely relevant details. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I try to make sure that they're not there for the actual lean coffee. Um, but I think we also have our ask people wear group, um, right. Which can be a pretty good source of like, it's a select number of people who op who volunteered to answer questions like that, where like, Hey, I I'm having this problem with this new hire. How do I handle this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anyone would feel upset if like you made a separate, like I could see a situation where you could go in the ask people or channel and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm having a problem that I'd like to speak with someone privately about because it's about, I don't know. I wouldn't even mention like it, if it's about something that somebody is involved in that Slack channel. Um, I would even just say like, is there someone in the group who can help me privately with an issue I'm having? And I don't think anyone would uh, think twice about helping. Oh, me neither. And you know what else? I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone who say joins our group today Mm -hmm. and maybe they're a direct report of someone else in the group that's asked questions about them. And it's like, I don't know if I, if I joined a group and I saw like my, some, some previous manager, or my manager in there or something. And they're like, Hey, I have this direct report and I've got, I'm struggling to kind of address this issue. As long as they didn't like out me publicly, yeah. I'd almost, I think maybe respect them a little more like, Oh, yeah. look, they're human. Yeah. And they're they just trying, they care and they're trying. They need- yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't even know if I'd take offense that they were asking yeah. for advice as long as, again, they aren't like roasting yeah. me publicly or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Just keeping like, keeping uncomfortable details out of the conversation, I think helps like right. unnecessary and uncomfortable details out of the question helps like only keep the necessary uh, parts of the situation in the question, I think helps a lot more. Um and yeah, no, I totally get like at seeing your manager ask the question uh, in a public forum. To me, it also means that I know it makes me recognize that they're human and they just need a little bit of help. Yeah. Um, for the record, I've also gone to former managers to ask for help with certain things because I felt open enough going to them and asking questions. That's awesome. I actually gave in our group, I gave my my previous manager, I, I reached out to her last week and I was like, Hey, uh, I just wanted to tell you that a piece of feedback you gave me in my, like during my exit week, it's like, it really, like I, I took it to heart. It, it was something simple. It was like, you don't pay a lot of attention when you're in video calls. Sometimes you seem distracted. Like, yeah, I have three monitors in front of me. And sometimes I look <laughs> away from my camera monitor because I'm getting pinged in Slack or I've got emails coming in or I'm glancing at my calendar to see if I'm running late to a thing. And I realized like, that sucks. I don't want to be the person that people mm-hmm. think isn't paying attention to them when I'm in a call. And so it really stuck with me. So like when I started this new job, I was like, I will not let that be the perception of me. Like I will be present and I will take like proactive steps to make sure that that doesn't happen. And so for me, the first and easiest and most impactful one has been that when I hop into a video call now, I put it over my Slack window. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not looking at Slack 
while I'm in a video call. And that's been already that's that's solved like 90% of the problem. Um, that's cool. But I reached out to her, you know, last week and I was like, I just wanted to let you know that I was listening when you told me I'm not always listening. And <laughs> I wanted to make a change and I have and it's been super impactful. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, also, I miss you. Bye bye, whatever. So uh, yeah, that was cool. And, and I think that you can kind of you can use a group like this to keep in touch with your network on a more personal level than something like a social media outlet allows. Yeah. And honestly, I've investigated things like, um, if you don't want to have a Slack channel, you can run. So there's this place called mighty networks that allows you to run like a Facebook style social network. Um, yeah, I, I found that the other day and I was like, this looks really cool. And it's not Facebook. Because um, <laughs> I'm like, I deleted my Facebook last year because I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, but also, like, there are plenty of platforms to start a social movement like this. Um, like, there's there's Discord, there's Slack, there's that Mighty Networks thing. You could start a subreddit. Um, oh, yeah. There are so many ways to connect with people. Like I, I, I actually started a virtual developers workshop, uh, Discord, because I was like, Discord might be the perfect place for us to have just random study group meetups, because I miss I miss my study group pals to study <laughs> uh, coding and JavaScript. And recently, I started studying Ruby, and these are people that I can stay connected with. Um, but I don't feel like they all fall into the peopleware group, if that makes sense. Like right. they're not terribly interested in bettering human connection, mm-hmm. um, but they are interested in bettering process and code. Right. Um, so it doesn't mean they're robots. It just maybe yeah. not, they don't get all giddy about yeah about like team gelling. Like yeah. We, like like and or they're like I don't really care to be in a slack about this like i actually would rather just focus on being an individual contributor and like i'll provide my opinions where necessary but i'm not all about like leading the charge in changing interpersonal relationships at work yeah well i think that was awesome i hope somebody i hope like one person even if we have like five listeners today, I hope, you know, a, a year from now, when we have like 15 listeners, that, <laughs> that somebody, somebody goes and starts their own people wear group, at least something like it. Yeah. Because it's been, it's literally been life changing for me to have this group. <laughs>